0: Hi y'all, John Alcorn, that one dude 2020, really the CEO and founder of the God Over Money Sports Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. harder nobody loves sports and is more passionate about it than than this guy John Alcorn, so thank you. But man keep up the good work man I like your style. I don't know if I've seen someone with someone someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like I've seen with, with you. Cutthroat it's very you know up and down roller coaster of emotion. He knows his stuff uh you know he's not afraid to go at people and last my check this is not the Los Angeles LeBron. Great great game, most Sunday NFL action here. Just wow, technical difficulties, but we are back. What? Well, folks, before we do for every single program, let's go into today's prayer break. So we're like tell people no matter the mistakes, no matter how bad they screw up, And know, you are always. Here For them, Jesus' name, amen. What a great action in the Sunday today, folks! Let's get into today's Bible verse and today's Jesus and God story before we go into the edify action of today, Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day for this. Light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory behind all comparison. As we look not to the things we're seen but to the things that are unseen. So despite what it looks like, despite the success you have, despite the people that might try to come at you, none of those obstacles matter as long as we do not lose heart. And the Lord. Jesus and God's story before we go into these NFL action is the story of Lecrae. We're going to kind of summarize it here real quick, folks. Is that Lecrae has had a ton of success. Has made a ton of money and made songs with such great artists all across the hip-hop world. Here's something even greater than that. Despite what he's been through, he has not lost heart despite the amount of success, the money, the fame, despite all that, he has not lost heart, and he has continued to trust in the Lord and to glorify God in his music and in everything he does, in his YouTube content, his hip-hop music, despite what people say about him making content, aka music with segue artists and everything you do, do it to the glory of God. So no matter what it looks like, no matter what people are saying about McCray, no matter what people are saying about him, do not lose heart because things that are unseen. Focus on those and trust in God. And also importantly, also importantly, combined to all that, is very important to have a community, a fellowship of men and women. But folks, let's get into the the action so far today. There isn't a lot. There's no amount of words to explain my excitement passion, the energy. For this week and week two, I was 12-3 for the predictions, obviously one of them being the Chiefs in the Baltimore Ravens game, and we'll get to that one last as it is the last game of the NFL Sunday recap for the post-game NFL Sunday show here on the God of Money Entertainment Network before we kind of get started here with the NFL Pro Talk here on the show. If you have any prayer requests, you can text 254-356-6678. Let's get into it here, folks. NFL Sunday here on the day you had the New England Patriots face off against the New York Jets. There's always a story. There's always things happening about how Bill Belichick destroys rookie quarterbacks, how he tends to embarrass them and to demolish him. But here's the other side of that. What makes it even greater, folks, is that using what Bill Belichick destroys working quarterbacks, he has a veteran quarterback in Tom Brady. The different side of this now, folks, is that Bill Belichick has a rookie quarterback. Mac Jones played really great in this game here, moving for forward. There is no doubt that Mac Jones is the franchise, keyword, folks, the franchise quarterback for. The New England Patriots. Would he kind of look at this game? Would he kind of look at the numbers really overall? Even if numbers don't always tell all of the story. Matt comes up. Isn't a lot of high passing yards or like throwing the ball 35, 40, 50 times? Here's the fact of the matter 22 to 30. 106 yards in the day. The way it is, I think a lot of people saw. With how the New England Patriots offense is gonna be. Mac Jones is gonna be like a great, maybe elite game manager, But he may throw some games 186 stars. Next game, he may throw for 220 or 250 or 300. It can be kind of various all over the place. They're gonna rely a lot on the running game and a lot on the defense, and they totally showed that today, and the defense totally destroyed the New York Jets, who, if you look at it, Zach Wilson. I mean, oh, my goodness. I know it's only his second game. We don't freak out here. He's a rookie. He looked terrible. Bill Belichick didn't just embarrass a rookie quarterback. Bill Belichick embarrassed a rookie quarterback with a rookie quarterback. I mean, my goodness here, if you just look at the passing numbers alone for the New York Jets, they are, uh, let's just say, folks, a lack of a word, they're not good. They couldn't score an offense. The offense was just very inconsistent. They never got the offense, never got any rhythm. And that was one of the many issues for the Jets here. And you look at Mac Jones, 22 for 30. But if you look at it from the Jets side, Mac Jones I was saying, Mac Jones had what, three to four interceptions on the day. Mac Jones kept turning the ball over. The New England Patriots defense stepped up. They made Zach Wilson look like. I give full credit to the New England Patriots defense. I give full credit to the New England Patriots offense. Played phenomenal in this game, and it's definitely interesting moving forward. When the England is now 1-1 on the season, and Jets lose, and are 0-2 on the day so far here in the AFC East. It's very interesting. Miami losing the day, and more games we'll get to on tonight's program. The NFL Sunday post-game show. This one makes me – it's exciting. It's a thriller. The Denver Broncos are 2 now, And this is what I've said in my article, and if I could pull up here in just a moment. All we had to do – all the Denver Broncos had to do on the offense, all you had to do was run the football. Let like Teddy Bridgewater be the game manager while on the defense, and he can have a Jimmy Garoppolo type of goal. Some means he could have 220, 250, 300. But in this game, and we'll get to that in just a moment though, what I said about Trevor Lawrence in the Texan Jaguars offense is that even though Trevor Lawrence was going to be bad against the Houston Texans defense, even though Trevor Lawrence had over 300 passing yards, how well. Do you think he's gonna do as a passer against a much better elite Denver Brothers defense? Triple Lawrence has been sacked two to three times in the season. Triple Lawrence has already thrown five interceptions in two games, averaging two and a half interceptions in the first two games. Now we can talk about other issues. Obviously, are they really gonna address the offensive line? There's obviously a bunch of rumors. Is Urban Meyer really gonna be in the long term? Is he used? He's not used to losing. Definitely going to be a lot of issues, but what you see early on in the first two games for the New Broncos defense is that Patrick Sertan has already submitted his legacy on the defense, forcing a turnover, making big defensive plays. Von Miller, Rally Chubb, this is just really exciting. So let's get to the Broncos offensive side of this. Like I said, Teddy Bridgewater just needs to be a game manager. And occasionally he'll have like 300, 330, or 250, 280. But in this game, that's just so long. Eddie Bridgewater went 26 of 34. He 26 of 34. 328 yards and two touchdowns. Exactly, I was shown in my article. He's going to have those type of games. And also, rely on the running game. Defense can do it as long as three things happen. The running game is very consistent for the Denver Broncos. Not just in this game, over the forward. And out there the defense plays well. As long as the offense can keep up the defensive production in terms of, as long as the offense doesn't turn the ball over consistently. And the defense can get the job done on the foot. The offensive of production at least at least match half of the defensive production for the Denver Broncos. For example, last year with the Chicago Bears, defense was producing, but the offense wasn't at least matching 50% of the defensive production. We're seeing the opposite of that, with the Broncos office is producing, defense is producing, the running attack is going. Teddy Bridgewater is playing like it's two games. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But all i was saying, I'm taking it one game at a time. But so far, I am loving what I'm seeing from the Denver Broncos offense. I'm loving what I'm seeing from the defense. I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Denver Broncos so far. It's just two games. would just two games so far. It's a Jaguars defense who made Teron Taylor look like an MVP or like quarterback, who now Teddy bridgewater 592 passing outs to the first two games. Course, son is turning back to be normal. Terju is still up for a couple games. But, you know, that's okay. We got young rookie Devontae Williams. We got Nellyburn combined. Both running backs had 26 carries. They guarantee the running attack was a little bit off here, but Devontae Williams had 4.9 yards of carry for the Denver Broncos. This is just a team that I've been saying as long as they keep doing these keys, like I said in my article that we should hopefully be publishing soon on the MSX Sports Network. Teddy Bridgewater will be the game manager, defense, and running tech will be the bread and butter. As long as Teddy Bridgewater has a Jimmy Garoppolo type of role, the Devil Broncos are going to have a very fun and productive season. And so far, it's proving so, being 2 0 on the year. It's just through the first two weeks, but let's look at the AFC West as we continue the. It's NFL Sunday post-game show. Again, folks, this is just to the first two weeks. We are not going to overreact. We're not going to be oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It could change next week. You could change the week after. It could change two weeks. not to change a month from now. Raiders 2-0, Broncos 2-0, Chiefs 1-1, Chargers 1-1. Even though it's just to the first two weeks, the AFC West is looking to be a lot more exciting this year than I thought it was going to be. If we look at it from the Jaguars side of this, Chet Lawrence, you thought he was inaccurate against the Texans? Yes, he threw for over, over, I believe, over 330 passing yards and had three interceptions. You thought he was inaccurate against the Texans? How well do you think he's going to do as a passer against the Denver Broncos defense? I'm trying to tell people, I think a lot of people would agree with me on that one. Chair Lawrence, not only had two interceptions. Trevor Lawrence only, not only had one touchdown, Trevor Lawrence went 14 for 33. 14 for 33 as a passer. Bob Miller, Bradley Chubb, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Part 6 13, 8 0 1, out of Alabama for the Denver Broncos. And another issue, through the first two games for the Jacksonville Jaguars here, they're not properly getting enough. Carries to James Robinson. I don't know what type of offense Ebermeyer likes to run. I don't know what the type of better brother they're trying to do. Is it Trevor Lawrence for over 30-plus hundred yards a game? and maybe James Robinson gets 15, 18 carries every other game, I don't know it's making predictions. I don't know the truth. I don't know the reality. The Denver Broncos, not only in figures, they spanked the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game. If it wasn't, for the Trevor Lawrence touchdown. Think about it, folks. It'll be 23 to 6. 23 to 6. Again, folks, it's just through the first two weeks of the NFL season, so anything can happen. But all I'm saying as a Denver Broncos fan through the first two games, I'm excited to see continuously moving forward what will happen with the Denver Broncos. As we go to the AFC East side of this, folks. Two went out early in the game with a hip injury. Hopefully it's not too serious. Jacoby percent came in, plus 200 passing yards in this game with an interception. And the Buffalo Bills offense, the Buffalo Bills defense, took advantage of the weakness at quarterback for the Dolphins, and the Buffalo Bills took advantage of that on offense and totally destroyed the Miami Dolphins defense. We know the Miami defense is going to be protected this year. We know they're going to get the job done. But the offense can't do match a little bit. But What the defense is doing for the Miami Dolphins is gonna be a long year. You know, with two being out for earlier for most of this game here, he gave the Buffalo Bills the advantage. 35 is a couple of percent coming in as the backup. Again, he's just a bridge quarterback for the Miami Dolphins here. But this is a, this was a, obviously a must-win. This was a how move for the Bills moving forward. We don't expect I and mean, though no don't expect these kind of games from the Buffalo Bills moving forward. This does help them in the AS East as the Jets lose today. And of course, they face up against the Miami Dolphins. And of course, said there was an interception to empire and had a good pass to Michael Baleski, but unfortunately it was intercepted. All I have to say, that there isn't much to say on this game. Hopefully, Tua is okay. Despite my criticism. Any NFL player, any NFL team, or any NFL quarterback, I will never wish they would on nobody. Hopefully, two is okay. We'll play in week three with a great win in Buffalo Bills. It's a perfect revenge. Taking advantage of all of the weaknesses for the Miami Dolphins as we go into the next game. We have the San Francisco 49ers playing against, against the Philadelphia Eagles. And man, oh, man. Folks, I did this past week pick the San Francisco 49ers to win this game. And I said, despite what Jalen Hurts did last week against the Starless Falcons interior defensive line. How is Jalen Hurts in this offense going to handle against both against both so you got all these interior defense line for these San Francisco 49ers? Is it going to be too much for the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line? Is it going to be too much for Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles and the offense to produce in this game? Just looking at it from the Eagles' point of view. 12 to 23, not too bad. I believe under 200 passing yards. Compared to what he did last week, I believe over 320 passing yards or over 20% less passing yards this week alone. The defense got to Jalen Hurts. The defense was able to get pressure on the quarterback, which is something you can't be surprised about. With both, said, so you got all the guys on the interior defense line for the Niners. I believe K-Law, on one of the defense owners with the San Francisco 49ers, we could be missing some time. Hopefully, it is not too serious. But it could be a surprise, surprise, folks, that the San Francisco 49ers won this game. Let's kind of break it down more for the Eagles' offense here. The Eagles were able... I mean, Jalen Hurts, though, two receptions for, to the receiver to Watkins. Two receptions for 117 yards. Two receptions for 117 yards. I mean, that is absolutely insane. So far, even though it didn't result in the win, you could look at some of the positive plays for Jalen Hurts in the Philadelphia Eagles offense. That's one thing. Jalen Hurts can throw the football, Jalen Hurts has an arm. If he continues to have the substantial success this year, in his first year starting for the Philadelphia Eagles, second year in the NFL, second round pick, then 2020 NFL draft for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts has a great future. Again, folks, this is just begins. Anything can happen. you could have any different of teams, but It could be a totally different story. Jalen Hurts ran the football effectively well, 8.2 yards per carry. And listen for Jalen Hurts and his rallying athletic ability with his legs, he'd be a much closer blowout for the San Francisco 49ers. But if you look at it from the San Francisco 49ers, San Francisco 49ers said this, Jimmy G did exactly what Jimmy G needs to do for the, for the members be a game manager. You don't need to reinvent the wheel, you don't need to do all these crazy mathematic, mathematical equations. Jimmy being the game manager, 22 for 30, 189 yards at a touchdown. exactly what they needed to do. You got the running backs involved. You got Hasty for five carries and 7.6 yards per carry. Jimmy Garoppolo had a couple of carries. Mitchell had a couple 17 carries for 2.5 yards per carry. Obviously, moving forward, the guess it is for the San Francisco 49ers. The offense has to be more explosive. The offense has to be more impressive. And they want to get a lot more wins on the season, especially being in the toughest division in football in twenty twenty one, what a great game seventeen to eleven against McGraw was twenty two for 30, 189 yards and a touchdown. And these last couple of games, as we finish off for the NFL Sunday post game show, the Los Angeles Rams they off against the Indianapolis Colts, and Carson wins. Still, isn't a hundred percent healthy. Could be a big start moving forward. Let's look at it from the Los Angeles Rams side of this. We'll go both sides. Continue to talk more NFL here on the Money Entertainment Network, yeah. folks. Before we continue, if you have any prayer requests, you can text 254 356 five six sixty six seven Hey, Matthew Stafford, 19 for 30, 278 yards, two touchdowns at a pick. He has five touchdowns to one interception on the year. The first two games, actually two and a half passing touchdowns per game. Sonny Michelle is already having a small effect, even if it doesn't show up in terms of 15 carries or 20 carries. Just because a running back doesn't have 15 carries for 137 yards and four touchdowns, doesn't mean that running back wasn't effective for the offense. Sometimes running backs may not have the numbers overall to completely show as an elite running back, but he made the plays. He made the 30 shorts, He made the quick plays to be effective for the Rams, which is why he had 13 carries for 53 yards, for 4.1 yards per carry, for 4.6 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. In this game, only 10 attempts. So, if you see this recipe for the Rams, you obviously lose Matt Brown for the entire year. And the 20 CL is unfortunate for the Los Angeles Rams offense. But with all that talent at the serious position, at the tight end position, you got Daryl Harrison, trades for Michelle here. Robert Woods got two tenths on the day. Matthew Stafford got two tenths on the day. You're going to get the other running backs involved. You're going to see continuing Matthew Stafford evolve as a quarterback, even if it doesn't completely show up in the numbers here. You know, this offense is going to be interesting moving forward. Yeah, and it's just two games, but I still pick the Los Angeles Rams to win this division. I said this before the season started, and I continue to say this right now. I believe the Los Rams in the West. That's going to be a close game or two between either the Seahawks or maybe another team in that division. Look at the Colts' side of this. Carson wins. It wasn't bad. 2431, 247 minutes, pass seven in a pick. Really, the question is moving forward. Do the Indianapolis Colts need Carson wins? To beyond be hundred? So like how this offense is a mystery. It's not land or boring or not interesting. Interesting is how is this Colts offense gonna be moving forward? Can you see one in overtime? We'll talk about that here in just a couple of games. How are the Colts going to adapt in week three, week four, coming closer to postseason? Can the Indianapolis Colts count on and trust Carson Wentz to stay healthy to help them get to that playoff push? Or is Jacob Easy going to have to come in for a game or two or three? Can we trust Carson Wentz to stay healthy? That is main to be determined. Fortunately, it didn't work out for the Colts like they wanted when they lost 27-24 to 24 against Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. A very interesting game. Las Vegas Raiders versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know I understand the haters of Derek Carr. They want a good quarterback. Brennan is like, okay, hey, Bruno, you got to get this going. We got to get to the playoffs. We got to make some of them coming into the playoffs make a big statement in this game. Derek Carr over 300 passing Just look at it for the Las Vegas Raiders. Offensive side offense, folks. Okay, let me know if you can hear me on the day if the audio is any good at all. Christy Wilson goes in to say, I have no I have no faith in Wentz and staying healthy throughout the season. And Christy, we're on the same page. I think a lot of organizations are. I think the Colts are. Need to be realistic. If Carson Wentz can't stay healthy, how does it really change the age itself? Because remember, the times took it to overtime. The Texans are one-on-one of the year. The Texans are a eight- Much better team, obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs or get six, seven wins, but they're playing much better. Tyler Taylor is starting to get a lot better. But you look at it here now. If Carson Wentz can't stay healthy, even if Carson Wentz can stay healthy, how is that offense going to be? How is the offense better and better going to be? Just so many questions or concerns. Chris Wilson, I couldn't agree more. I am on the same page with you. I cannot trust Carson Wentz to stay healthy. Through a full 17 and now 18-week NFL season in the they help the Colts make that play push. Again, folks, NFL Sunday post-game show on the Got Over Money Entertainment Network. We're going to the Las Vegas Raiders, when Steelers died of this game. And, folks, we will actually be right back after this quick commercial break. we are back here as a technical issues. We would get back into the game here the Las Vegas Raiders I know it's his two games but the last two years two or three seasons Derek Carr is a consistent passer Derek Carr the last two or three seasons have stoned for over 4,000 plus years so for fans or haters to say that Derek Carr obviously part of the problem I can understand to solely blame Derek Carr the Raiders not making the playoffs is absolutely insane. The STGY did come out earlier in this game with an injury. Hopefully he's okay. Derek Carr, the third for almost 400 yards, 382 yards, two touchdowns, three for four touchdowns last week with an interception. So, like six touchdowns, one interception on the year so far. Correct folks, if I'm wrong on the stats. I mean, my goodness. I understand T.J. Watt is literally that bread and butter for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. But well, with that being said, Derek Carr was able to take advantage of the offensive line, was able to take advantage of that. Without T.J. Watt, this defense is maybe not as talented or as intimidating, took advantage of that 380 yards passing, two touchdowns on the day. Peyton and Barber, 13 carries, 32 yards here. Derek Carr and Ken Drake, unaffected on the day with only 1.3 yards per carry. So moving forward, I don't know the status of Josh Jacobs. So can Josh Jacobs come back? This can help the team. Josh, it, Josh Jacobs gets involved in the running and in the passing test So if, if in case Tammy Ruggs gets injured and you need another tight, great runner, you have Josh Jacobs. Go to the Steelers <laughs> side of this. We know either one last week defense, T.J. went played phenomenal week one. 27.40, 295, but a touchdown and a pick. Into the first two games, it's just two games, so any fantasy footballers us not panic. With 3.8 point yards to carry. Now and oh, Najee Harris in this couch. He it is two games. Najee Harris is going to be a Pro Bowl future All Pro. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, but right now, for the first two games, he's been ineffective as a running back, hasn't necessarily helped this offense here. Juju Smith with a touchdown, the Steelers had some great moments. But it wasn't enough because Derek Carr and this offense took advantage of a non-TJ factor, which is why out of many reasons why the Las Vegas Raiders won this game. Let's not like react like Derek Carr has a Teron Taylor type of arm. Derek Carr has a great arm. Just because he doesn't have a Patrick Holmes or Lamar Jackson type of arm, doesn't mean he can't throw and slinging the football. We saw it last year against the Chiefs. We saw it this past week against the Ravens. We be solid today against the Pittsburgh Steelers, throwing for almost 400 yards yet again in another game. So let's not let's pump the brakes just a little bit, folks, on the hate of Derek Carr. Again, it is just two weeks in the season, so anything can happen overall. Chicago Bears nearly defeated, just barely defeated the Cincinnati Bengals. Other Bengals win last week. I mean, my goodness, talk about turnover machines here for the Bears here. Roquan Smith had a pick six. I mean, let's continue break it down. Let's go to the Bengals. The Bears defense not only embarrassed your bro, Faint Joe Burrow. Three interceptions. 19 for 30. Only 207 passing. they the problem. Okay, so we think of the Bears defense. I said this again, and I will continue to say it. And other NFL fans can agree with me. The Bengals gave Joe Burrow what he wanted. Instead of the Bengals needed to give Joe Burrow what he needed. What he wanted was Jamar Chase. You got Jamar Chase. What he needed was an offensive line. I was saying that's not the only factor in this game. One interception, I'll okay, go, okay, Joe Burrow, that's not your fault. But You need that stable offensive line. Carson Parker knows that. I've talked to him. I've talked to many people around the league. They know that he have to have the offensive line. I mean, my goodness. Joe Mixon, 3.5 yards carry, ineffective in the running game. Offensive line, he still isn't. Not really there. Defense and it Bears any dull. Played so bad. Unfortunately, he's injured and came back. Justin Fields started in this first game. So this is why we say do not rush your rookie. This is just part of one game, but it's against the Bengals. So let's pump down the brakes. Justin Fields will be the start, will be the franchise quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Either it's fully this season or next year. But the problem is with the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields. Doesn't the Bears do not have the right head coach or the right GM for Justin Fields to have success? Obviously, you bring back with him Allen Robinson. You need to fire Ryan Pace, and you need to fire Matt and Aggie. He should never be calling the offensive play calls for the Chicago Bears. We saw it last year. We saw it in Week One when you went a fourth and four on back to back drives. Chris Wilson kind of has a similar opinion. When talking about Derek Carr, Derek Carr has always been pretty good. I just feel that he has no support from the head coach. And I, I agree. And I know it's weird really being like a Derek Carr fan. Maybe a Broncos fan for life. Again, sorry, folks. We have technical issues here. But Derek Carr, who he's a bomb. He can't throw football. When we received with certain quarterbacks, the numbers show for themselves. So I'm going to present that same argument yet again for Derek Carr. The numbers show for yourself. If you're really that far, let's go that far for Derek Carr because I'm I, i I'm a defender of things that are right, that need to be corrected. If you really want to go down Derek Carr stats. 2018. 4,000 yards, 2019, 4,000 yards, 2020, 4,000 yards. Spring 2020 having Josh Jacobs out for multiple games, with Hammy Ruggs having a ton of injuries in 2020, still threw for over 4,100 yards, still third for 27 touchdowns, 48 touchdowns combined from 2019 and 2020. So averaging 24 touchdowns in 2019 and 24 touchdowns in 2020. Despite losing Josh Jacobs for a couple of games, despite losing your, your top pick, in hammering routes, we want to put all most of the blame on Derek Carr. Eight hundred and seventy yards through the first two games of this season, four touchdowns, to one hit. Now I'm only saying that to prove part of the point. I don't understand the hate on Derek Carr, and they say because the Bears played nicely today, they definitely did on defense. Now Justin Fields, obviously, he can be like a more thrilling game your moving forward. Next year, because even if, like you say, MAGA gets fired in week five, even if they fire him in week five, the identity of the offense is going to be a mess. They're not going to make the playoffs. We'll see what happens with the Packers Alliance next week. The Vikings lose in overtime, and we are lose towards the end, the end of the game on this field goal. We will talk about that in just a couple of minutes. Barry Sequence playing great. That's never been an issue. It's the offense. Some people want to paint Mitchell as a bust. No worries, you'd rather have Mr. Trubisky or Justin Fields. Just on the cross right now, I'd pick Justin Fields over Mr. Trubisky. Now was Mr. Trubisky all the problem? No. we can going to talk about that another day. What's not an issue, really, for the for the Chicago Bears is their running attack. David Montgomery and Justin Fields together have 30 carries. David Montgomery has 61 yards, 3.1 yards on the game. Um, now, obviously, moving forward, he has to be more productive in his case and be more useful. Being more useful in the passing game. The office moving forward for the Chicago Bears is going to be kind of messy. It's because if you fire Matt Nagy in week five, just like I agree with Christy Wilson, you're going to have Justin Fields come in for a little bit. Andy Dahl. The Bears are going to have an interim head coach. So that doesn't smell playoff success. That doesn't smell NFC championship games. That doesn't smell playoff ones. So you have us with the Chicago Bears running forward, but the Chicago Bears just nearly defeat the Cincinnati Bengals 20-17 to on the day here this next game. It is a victory for the Browns. The problem is two things here. maybe three things if you want to over-exaggerate. Jarvis Langer, yes, is the claim of Browns' number one receiver, clear? But with Jarvis Landry being out, Baker Mayfield made a lot of mistakes in this game. Baker Mayfield, I believe, had an interception on the day. That's something he cannot do moving forward. Even on, like I said, defense, running game, Olympic let Baker Mayfield over 250, 300 yards a game, you'll be just fine. But it wasn't necessarily – he had he was 19 for 21. So in terms of intense, very accurate on the day. But the problem is, once it's like for some reason, once Jarvis Landry gets out and is injured, Baker Mayfield tends to forget how to play quarterback. While this was a win for the Tampa Browns, so many injuries on both, especially for the Texans. Teron Taylor had a hip injury. You brought in Davis Mills, and he stuck it out just like against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that preseason game, the last game of the preseason in NRG Stadium for the Houston Texans. Either the Cleveland Browns need Jarvis Landry to come back very quick, but the key is not to rush your starting receiver. But even if you bring back Jarvis Landry, is Baker Mayfield going to be that guy. Yes, he's your quarterback moving forward. The problem is, let's say Jarvis Landry is out for three to four games. Can the Cleveland Browns offense trust Baker Mayfield to not Turn the ball over because the problem is you can't always rely on Nick Chubb the football for you. You can't always rely on Nick Chubb to save the day for you. Because sooner or later, Nick Chubb is going to have is going to get tired. Kareem Hunt is going to get tired. The third the third uh, string running back is going to get tired sooner or later in games. The Cleveland Browns are going to have to rely on Baker Mayfield. But if Jarvis Landry is out, can the Cleveland Browns rely on Baker Mayfield solely to win the game with this arm? Who knows, folks, here for the Houston Texans, injuries upon injuries, and a lot of unluck luck here. I wish the best for Tyler Taylor moving forward, and hopefully he can come back. What I say here, you, folks? This next game, he in itself. South. up. I said, was this a fluke? Last week, the New Orleans Saints embarrassed. They're going to Packers. Not just on defense. But on offense, I mean, my goodness, Jameis Winston last week had 100, almost 150 passing yards on the day with five touchdowns. But I said, folks, this week is going to be a test. Was it just a fluke, or Jameis Winston and the Saints for real? Now, if they played against a like a team like the Bucks or the Bears or a couple other really good teams, I can understand. Okay, if you played against a good team, you played very well. Not just that. You played against the Carolina Panthers. No disrespect to Sam Donald, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, who played against the Panthers who were not sure. Could they be the surprise team of the season? What's their season going to be like? How is their defense going to play overall? They're 2-0 on the year so far. Second best team in the division. Playing a thousand times better. Than Atlanta obviously playing much better than the other team in the division against the New Orleans Saints. This was a must-win For this was a bigger must-win for the Saints than it was the Panthers because, again, Sam Darnold may not be the future for the Carolina Panthers. Who knows? Depending on what happens this year, it could be a lot of Criticism here now the Saints played like the Packers, the Bucks. I could understand maybe having a struggling games. against Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Eddie Ice, you played against the Panthers. This is not the 2015 Panthers. This is not the Panthers that went to two Super Bowls. That's not the Panthers that played against the Panthers in the Super Bowl. This is not the Cam Newton MVP led Panthers. They got smacked, they got distorted. I say. If any indication of last week, Albert, it's going to be a fluke or Jefferson Winston is ready to take over for the Saints. Now, think about this, folks. And maybe I'm being with the Gibbon Barkers today. If Teddy Bridgewater was a part of the Saints this year and was playing against the Panthers and was the Saints' starting quarterback. The Saints would have won that game. The Saints would have been played a bit more productive. They would have played much better. They would have scored more than seven points. 11 to 22, 50% plays percentage, 111 yards. Two picks on the day. And you say, oh, no, licensing surgery is supposed to help for Jameis Winston. They're supposed to reinvent him as a quarterback. Well, I'm just judging on this game alone. Is Winston 50% can the percentage, 111 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks on the day. If the Saints even match 25% of that offensive production, they're not making the playoffs. So I may say, oh, well, they're for real, they're for real. Well, they're for real. Why couldn't the Carolina Panthers? They're much more talented on defense than the Carolina Panthers. They're much more talented on offense. Alvin Kamara and Trey and you have your talent. You have much more talent on the offensive defense than the Carolina Panthers. But yet the Carolina Panthers do have a very good offense. Aren't talented on paper as the Saints beat and destroyed the Saints twenty-six to seven. Sam Darnold twenty-six for thirty-eight, three hundred and five yards and two touchdowns to one interception on the day. What is key is that. There are going to be a lot of potential conversations in the 2022 offseason for the Saints, but based on how Atlanta played, that doesn't help the Saints moving forward. Yes, it's just two weeks. Based on how the Bucs destroyed the Atlanta Falcons, which isn't a surprise Quarter almost was 50 points on a day. With how the Falcons are playing, with the Panthers winning today, this makes their playoff chances are better player chances in week three much more difficult so maybe folks it's just for the first two weeks are the Carolina Panthers the surprise team in the NFL in 2021 again folks are the Carolina Panthers the surprise team in the NFL in 2021 we get to their next game here wow what a exciting game! Thank you, Kyla Murray, in fantasy football. Vikings are going to march down the field. Their offense is coming back in this game. Kyla Murray had four total touchdowns. Cousins and his offense march down the field, get the touchdown. It's going to get the field goal to tie it to go into overtime. Not only. Obviously the score touchdown, but not only they missed the field goal, they lose the game in the close one. Who lets them down? Yet again, what is it? What is the story for the Minnesota Vikings that lets down for their team? What's the same story? Is it the offense? No. Defense. You went two for three. In this game, the Vikings kicker had to go three for three because you can't afford any tiny mistakes and missed kicks or missed offensive production because you have the Arizona Cardinals here who this is a big win for them. Now, moving forward, I didn't question, I don't think a lot of people question the offensive production for the Arizona Cardinals, but here is the thing can Cliff Kingsbury keep this momentum going forward? He couldn't in 2020, going 6-2, two, losing the last—he went 8-8, eight eight lost. He went 2-6 for the rest of the season, effectively missing the playoffs. Before this year, can Cliff Kingsbury prove that he is the guy in Arizona? Can he keep his own job out of the hot seat? Kirk Cousins, though, so I might play phenomenal. 22-32. for 32. 244 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions on the day. Though Vance Joseph for the defense, for the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals was phenomenal. Here, Dalvin Cook played great, 22 for 131, no touchdowns, that was very effective. It was very effective, with six yards per carry. But on the fantasy football side of this, for the Arizona Cardinals. Thank you, Kyler Murray, for giving me so many points in fantasy football. One lady laughed at me. Oh, you took Kyler Murray first to roll. That is insane. That's gonna be the dumbest because they're out. that they laughed at me. But through games, Kyler Murray, they had three touchdowns in this game. Last week, yeah, I believe he had two or three touchdowns on the day. Here's the problem though with with Kyle Murray. I love him as a quarterback. Through the first two or three quarters, he'll play great. You have like fifteen and 20, 207 yards and two touchdowns. But like he can't be consistent throughout four quarters. Three and a half quarters, you have no interceptions, two touchdowns, over two hundred fifty passing yards. And then towards the towards the end of the third quarter of games, he tends to make those mistakes and tends to turn over the football. And that could cost Arizona Cardinals later in the year, especially with. Whatever offense this game is going to be, especially when who knows if Cleese Kingsbury is the right coach. I give full credit, though. This was a very close and fun game, and the Minnesota Vikings did keep it close. But overall, at the end of the day, what happens again, the Minnesota Vikings special teams lets them down in a big NFC game once again. This next one here, folks, do I really have to say much? It's the Atlanta Falcons. Versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think no legit fan would honestly pick the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta was only down by three. Only down. It was twenty-eight to twenty-five. You're down by three. One of the Bucks did they score two or three more scores and effectively in 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 the Falcons' hands of winning that game. You got embarrassed by Jalen Hurts on defense in Week One. You thought the Falcons defense played bad against Jalen Hurts, second quarterback. How effective do you think the Atlanta Falcons defense was going to be against Tom Brady, Bob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Cam Bray, Leonard Fernand, Ronald Jones? This whole offense. There was no way the Atlanta Falcons defense, with who on the interior or passive defense line, was going to beat. Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Technical difficulties, but we are back here, folks. That's a fun game, but also it's one of those games. You know the outcome. They take it seriously. It's the NFC South. Uh, we're looking at in the NFC South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 2-0. Carolina Panthers, 2-0. Atlanta Falcons 0 and 2, the Saints 1 and 1. So through the first two weeks, this division is tamed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. Now obviously, if the Carolina Panthers when they pay when they play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're obviously gonna get destroyed. It is Tom Brady. Not just because this Tom Brady. You got that stack team. Not much else to say. Not a stalking outcome. They scored almost 50 points against the LA Falcons defense. This next game, her folks, as we get a couple more games left here on the NFL Sunday post-game show. Again, folks, at any point, either during the program or rangeably during the week or at night, if you have any prayer requests, you can text 254 or actually email GodOverMoneySportsNetwork at GMO.com. It is Money. Sports Network at gmail.com. You no know, prayers are never too embarrassing. We are here for you. God is never going to give up on you. Do not give up on Him. But, well, folks, what a game. Tennessee Titans, Seahawks. It goes into overtime. Derrick Henry with a time touchdown going into overtime. The Tennessee Titans. Special teams came in the clutch. The problem is, though, for the Tennessee Titans, especially for their offense, a.k.a. offensive line, Ryan Tannehill keeps getting sacked. Ryan Tannehill keeps getting hit. If you just look at the numbers, or how many times has Ryan Tannehill gets sacked, let's look at it this support. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, I mean, this team is going to be phenomenal this year. But if Ryan Tannehill keeps getting sacked the amount of times that he is getting hit, the amount of times that he is, I'm not sure how the Titans forward. for him in that division. But you can say that with Carson Wentz, knowing that he can't sit B 100%, knowing the Texans are going to be a dumpster fire this year, the Tennessee Titans have a lot of hope for it. It is a win. They won the game. But despite them putting in this game, moving forward, the offensive line has to be more consistent, has to be have more firepower if they want a chance to be first in this division. Yeah, i say so far, it could be between one game at the end of the season between the Colts and the Titans. But who are you going to trust to stay 100% healthy? That is going to be an easy, easy question, and even an easy answer. Ryan. Tannehill, Derek Henry showed why he's the best running back. 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns with 5.2 yards per carry. We know this team can be very effective. We know against a running game, we know it's super hard to tackle Derek Henry. Again, Like I said, Jamal Adams cannot play the entire defense for the Seattle Seahawks. The interior defense line for Seattle has to step up. Right now, they're allowed there. Can we get the ball 35 times? 180 yards. 180 yards. Same issue that has been for this team. The offensive line. The offensive line. The offensive line. And the interior defensive line for the Seattle Seahawks, So I may not show the lead two weeks sooner or later the lack of offensive weapons in terms of the offensive line will have, Will show their lighter in season for Seattle. If the defense cannot produce, it gives maybe a better chance of the Los Angeles Rams winning the NFC West. Folks, I made a prediction last Wednesday on OBS that the Dallas Cowboys are going to beat the Los Angeles Chargers. So it's going to be a very competitive game. It's going to be a very good game for the Cowboys and for the Chargers. But even then, the Chargers were extremely undisciplined in this game. I mean, literally, the Chargers had 9 to 10 penalties for 100 yards. If you have 100 yards in penalties, you deserve to lose this game. Well despite the penalties that what I saw, just even seeing it from Justin Herbert's point of view. we're looking at Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has a phenomenal arm. Even though the 40 plus yard take to, uh, to the receiver on the day was a flat. Justin Herbert has an arm. He can sling the football down the field. I can see him winning MVPs in the future. I can see him winning playoff games for the Chargers. Maybe not this season or a couple of years from now, but he will win play games in the future for the Los Angeles Chargers. But in this game, so many penalties for the Cowboys, for the Chargers, and all it came down to was a field goal. Fifth, almost 60-yard field goal. Uh, There's no way it's going to go into overtime. Chargers are going to win. But no, the Cowboys come back. March the ball down the field and effectively give the kicker the chance to. Last week against the Tampa Buccaneers was ineffective. It was one of the reasons why the Cowboys lost against the Bucks. This week, Grace Serlin was one of the reasons why the Dallas Cowboys won this. game. This last one here, folks. As I said in the beginning of the show. Wow! What a game! What a game! I am willing to admit that I'm wrong when it comes to a football take. We're wrong about a quarterback. The Ravens shocked. The Ravens stunned the world. Fourth down, a couple yards to go. They're going to get the field goal. They give the Chiefs 25, 45 seconds left in the game. That's too much time. The Ravens go for it on fourth down, making it an end game. Despite multiple turnovers by different quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson proved me wrong. Lamar Jackson proved he can compete against the best right now. Against right now. Now, obviously, the AC West is a huge going to be very exciting this year. But looking at it from the Ravens' side, I want to give a ton of praise to Lamar Jackson and his offense. Despite Lamar Jackson turning the ball over two times, this is a the decent quarterbacks from the great quarterbacks. Despite your shortcomings in terms of having a bunch of turnovers, Lamar Jackson was able to overcome those adversities in this game. I don't know what the Chiefs the defense was thinking. You got the one, two-yard line. Don't forget about Lamar Jackson. You're about to tie the game. you about to make be up at one point. They completely forget about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has an easy one-and-a-half-yard run and a cartwheel. The Ravens should celebrate tonight. The Ravens should party. They proved me wrong. Be, oh, Johnny Hitchcock's. No, no, no. the game. Lamar Jackson overcame the adversaries. Lamar Jackson threw the football very well, despite his turnovers with two interceptions on the day and potentially fumbling the football. Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. He is improving as a passer. And at least as of right now, I was wrong about the Ravens in this game. Now moving forward to playoff success, that's the whole story. Who knows at the end of the day? What if? No way, no how. Here's even the biggest thing. The Baltimore Ravens defense. Forced a fumble against Quiet Everett Salier, but said that Rapist's non official game winning touchdown. When I'm wrong about a team, about a quarterback, I fully admit that. Patrick Mahomes had 104 more passing yards, two more touchdowns, six more attempts, six so more completions. And still lost. Because here's the thing: the Baltimore Ravens interior defensive line was able to that play though, and the, one of the, I believe was one of the rookies to able to force the incompletion against Tyree Kill. That set a whole other time. That set a whole other set of emotions. That felt to helped the Ravens. I have no reason against for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens from being happy. It's exciting. It's thrilling. Tyrese Murray couldn't be stopped. Nine carries, four corners, but carry a touched it. Lamar Jackson, they couldn't stop Lamar Jackson. As same story as been for the NFL. Can't stop Lamar's runner. Lamar is improving as a passer. Even if it doesn't show in the left like, turnovers just yet, he's going to improve as a passer. As of right now for week two, I was wrong about the Ravens in this game. I picked the Kansas Chiefs to win the game, and Lamar Jackson was the reason why I went 12-3 on the week two NFL predictions so far on the day. Of course, we picked the Green Bay Packers to effectively end week two, which will make me 14-3. and three. But I'm happy for the Ravens. I'm happy for Lamar Jackson. This is a huge win. Two, a team has been back-to-back Super Bowls. To what it was, three, Lamar Jackson hasn't beat Patrick Mahomes in the regular season, and he never will. I believe i said that multiple times, that Patrick Holmes will not lose against the Ravens in the regular season, much less the playoffs. And Lamar Jackson will never beat Patrick Holmes in the Kansas City Chiefs in the regular season. It's not a competition. Guess what, folks? It just now became a competition. All props, all excitement. To the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson played phenomenal. Two rushing touchdowns, three touchdowns on the, on the day. Tyson Williams, 70, 70 And I give you more credit to the ball in the Ravens organization here. Despite losing your two running backs on the year, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, you bring in Murray, you bring in Devontae Freeman, Lamar Jackson ran the ball 16 times and was, wasn't afraid to get hit a couple times later in the game. Calm under pressure, celebrated without, without a doubt. But that gutsy call, that gutsy call is like, there's no way Harbaugh should go for it. There's no way Harbaugh should go for it fourth down. You're giving the Chiefs too much in Well, guess what? I was 100% wrong about that. I'm glad that I just went for it. That was the game winning official play for the Baltimore Ravens to dethrone Chiefs in week two. 36 to 35. There's not much else to say, but I am just wowed by how hard Lamar Jackson fought, despite the adversaries on offense, despite the mistakes on offense. Came back in to win this game. Give Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens organization full credit. But without further ado, folks, as we do in every single program here on the network, Let's go into today's final thoughts. Folks, John Walker here on the Daily God of the Money Entertainment Network. I want to thank you so much, Chrissy Wilson, for staying up late, the tuning in into the hour long NFL Sunday post game show. Again, folks, here I am uh, effectively taking a leave of absence from the MSX Board of to get the network forming, starting a new job. I will be back. The goal is September 2022. But I want to thank Count. I want to thank everybody at the MS6 Sports Network for giving me an opportunity, having my career grow, learning how to make and edit trailers. All of that. And I truly thank y'all. And I can't wait to come back stronger than ever. For the MSX Sports Network on a reduced role. But John Alcorn. don't do 2020, out from the MSX Sports Network. We will see you all September 2022. John Alcorn. The John Alcorn Show. We'll see you all next time. Have a good one. harder nobody loves sports and is more passionate about it than than this guy john alcorn so thank you. man keep up the good work man i like your style i don't know if i've seen someone with someone someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like i've seen with with you cutthroat it's very you know up and down roller coaster of emotion he knows his stuff uh you know he's not afraid to go at people well, and last my check this is not the los angeles lebron